Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You are what you eat. I remember hearing this phrase often when I was little. It was never for a good reason, of course. A late evening with a heaping bowl of ice cream, three corn dogs, and a bowl of cereal. If I complained to my mom that my stomach hurt, she would respond, Well, Jacob, you are what you eat. Now, an unfortunate morning, fueled by two cups of coffee and two donuts, followed by a mid-morning crash, I can hear those same words from my mom echoing in my mind. You are what you eat. Now, as interesting as this phrase is, and as often as maybe you've heard it too, it doesn't apply to everything in life, right? You aren't literally what you eat. Food doesn't determine everything about you. So this morning, let's try something a little different. Maybe something that applies further. Let's take this idea one step further. Maybe you and I could say to one another, you are what you do. You are what you focus on and what you devote yourself to. All those little things added together, that makes up who you are. A parent, a student, a child, a friend, a worker. And the same applies to a group of people. You are what you do. A a group of people working together, pooling their resources and their time. Like a team, a business, a family, or even a church. You are what you do. But with countless different things that our church could focus on and devote ourselves to, what is best? We could focus on improving different things and learning different things and studying all different things, but what should our church be devoted to? People have been asking this question for a long time. You can look back throughout history and see different answers from different churches, many of them devoting themselves to good things that were useful for the people in the congregations and for those in society too. Even today, people are asking this question, what should a church be devoted to? You can look at books like Simple Church or others that try to tell you what the best option is. And maybe you've even wondered this yourself. What should our church be devoted to? What should faith be focused on? as you bring your time and your talents and your gifts to the ministry here. Well, there are many different places that we could look to for answers about this question. None of them will suffice. Instead, we have a better place that we can look to. Here before us in the words of Holy Scripture, as we see the very first church in the words of Acts 2, There, we get to see what the very first church was focused on and devoted to. 
in Acts chapter 2, the church is just a fledgling. Right before the words that we have before us are the events of the day that we call Pentecost. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples instructions. And the first thing that he told his disciples to do was to wait. Yes, to wait, to stay in place. Because he promised that he was going to send a gift to them. The gift of his Holy Spirit, who would empower them for the work that they were going to do. And ten days after Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent that gift that he had promised to them. The sound of rushing wind, flames on the tops of the heads of the men who were gathered there that day. Everyone speaking in different languages that they'd never spoken in before. And men who were previously afraid for their lives, now afraid, no, no longer afraid, now bold to speak in front of crowds to proclaim the work of Jesus to those gathered there. But there was one more amazing miracle from the Spirit that might trump all the others on that day. Peter stood up in front of a crowd and preached the word of God, proclaiming to a crowd gathered there what Jesus had done for them, his death his resurrection, the forgiveness that came through Christ. And the Holy Spirit brought more than 3,000 people to faith that day, all of them being baptized. That fledgling church was suddenly a full flock. So, what did this church devote itself to? Well, here's one thing. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were devoted to helping one another. Can you imagine what church would look like if we made this our primary focus and goal, helping one another? Some of you might even do this already in different ways. That early church, the members were willing to have less in order to help those who had needs. And many of you do the same thing. It might not look like the exact same practice, selling property and sharing the profits, but it's seen now through gifts that go unnoticed, through events and drives that help other people. This is a a good thing for us to do and to be dedicated to together. But what would happen if we made this our only focus and mission, our only goal, the thing that we devoted ourselves to completely? Well, you can see examples in the world around you. Look at charities and other nonprofits doing amazing work helping other people. Or there are even churches that focus primarily on helping others. But what's the danger with doing this, with focusing only on helping others? Well, the results are are good. People's people's physical needs are, are met. But can't a focus on only helping with physical needs lead to us losing focus on something that lasts longer? Because while caring for people's bodies is important, the results only last for a while. And shouldn't the church be focused on something that lasts longer than that? 
But this wasn't the only thing that that early church devoted itself to. They also joined together in fellowship. Now this could be something that we we dig into and, and do more and more. We enjoy this already. Often when we use this word fellowship, we use it to describe any sharing that we have, common time and interests. We share in fellowship here or when you are joined together in your homes or at events together. And with that fellowship, unity, peace, a goal striving towards the same mindset. Can you imagine what the results would be if we all focused on this fellowship and unity through it? A church full of happy, smiling faces, everyone getting along, no conflict no arguments. But wouldn't there be problems if we only focused on fellowship at the expense of everything else? While fellowship is important, while unity is valuable, unity without something grounding it, without something holding a group together, isn't unity, isn't peace at all. It's just avoiding conflict for the sake of avoiding conflict. And what would happen if something came along that would tear the group apart? Without something holding that group together, that unity, that fellowship, that peace would be gone. Well, fellowship is important for us to share in. Far more important is what our fellowship is based upon. Both of these things are are good. They're good for us to focus on and to continue in, but they're not best. More than that, both of these things are important for helping one another and helping others, but they're not the best thing that we could be doing. They're not the thing that we should focus on with all of our effort. So what should the church be devoted to? See what held that early church together and what holds our church together. The thing that they devoted themselves to and that we are also devoted to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. In the Word of God, we see that we have a greater problem and just looking for something for us to all join together in as an effort as a congregation. We have a greater problem than just searching for an identity that we can share in. Instead, the Word reveals to us what is common to every one of us. That sin is found in all of our lives. That worse than just trying to find a, a joint effort or something to devote ourselves to, we see that our lives are spiritually empty. And then while we can try to fill them with all of these external things that are good for the world and for the community of believers too, focusing completely on these externals can never fill our need to be spiritually cared for. Here's an amazing comfort. You and I don't need to search for what the church should be devoted to. Instead, through the things that we devote ourselves to, we see how our God is devoted to us. 
For that early church, it was the apostles' teaching. Those stories of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his love and forgiveness proclaimed to those believers. And for you and I, it's the word of God. Where we see how our God loves us and how he has shown his love to us through Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, we see a Savior who's not just dedicated to the external things, but devoted to the very will of God, living and dying for you and for your forgiveness. And that early church, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. This is a description of their early practice of communion celebrating the Lord's Supper as Jesus had instructed them to. And for you and I, we celebrate this too every time the Lord's Supper is offered here. And it's no wonder that we return to the Supper again and again. It's no wonder that this is something that still unites the church because in the Lord's Supper, we see how devoted our God is to us. Recall those words you hear every time you receive your Lord's body and blood. Here is my body given for you. Here is my blood shed for you. The body and blood of Jesus given to you. Forgiveness in your hands in a tangible way. God devoted to you through his word and his sacraments. We focus on the same thing that this early church focused on, too. Not because we need to find some way to unite ourselves, but rather in the word and the sacraments, we see that God has given us our identity as a church. That he has proclaimed us his dearly loved children. The word was central to everything that these early believers did. It united them. It informed all of their practice. It was the reason for their fellowship and their giving. So, they continued to go back to the Word again and again. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Going back to that place where they heard the Word of God. And that's our encouragement, too to return to the word over and over, that place where we find our identity as God's dearly loved children. In the world of modern advertising, there are countless techniques that companies will use to try and get your dollar. You're familiar with many of these tactics. There's the bandwagon approach, for example. Everyone is buying our product, so you should buy it too. There are other ideas that they try as well. Flashy ads, low prices, a celebrity endorsement. But there's one more example that's modern that I find incredibly interesting. It's this idea of the personification of a brand. Here's what it is. A company online like McDonald's or Hot Pockets will pretend to be a person through what they share on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, they'll respond to people and and share posts in a way that's human-like. Why do they do this? 
because they understand that through these desperate measures, they can try and gain the favor of the people that they're talking to. The more human-like they appear, the more likely you are to like them. You and I are dedicated to the Word. It's what we devote ourselves to, and as we return to the Word and devote ourselves to it, we're also devoted to bringing others to this life-saving message. But often this can be an intimidating thing for us to think about. How will God make this happen in our church? It can be tempting to think that the, the solution is to take drastic measures, to try to pretend to be something other than we are, like a company pretending to be a person. Do we need to pretend to be something completely other to bring people in to get them to hear the word of God? No. This wasn't the case for that first church, and it won't be the case for us either. Instead, the word steered their lives as they overflowed with joy, showing love to all those around them. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They over they were overflowing with joy as they showed love to other people. It's no wonder why the people in the community around them thought favorably of them. The joy that they felt in their hearts through the message of the gospel was overflowing into every aspect of their lives as they showed hospitality to others, inviting in strangers and others just so that they could share with them and share the word of God with them too. And for you, how does the word inform your life? Worship is central to what we do here. The word informs our lives as we overflow with joy inside of these walls. As we remember again and again that we have a God who is worthy of praising. But this joy spills beyond the walls of this church into every aspect of your life too. As you show hospitality inviting others in to share with them as you show kindness to others too, just like those early believers. And with those early believers, we rejoice in one more miracle. We rejoice as we see what God does for his church as we devote ourselves to his word and his promises. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. While we might wonder or worry how God will build his church through us, we see that where the word is, there our God is working for us. We are what we devote ourselves to. And as we devote ourselves to the word again and again, God promises to bless us and to add to our number day after day. Amen.